0: and As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be
1: able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and this is Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad you're with me today. Uh, today, I want to talk about taking and evaluation and evaluation we're going to talk about that but first a few announcements uh, you can email us at addisons at afr.net addisons at afr.net the marriage family life conference july 7th to the 9th register at marriagefamilylife.net marriagefamilylife.net Uh, You can get all the information about the conference right there. And make sure you register because uh, registration will be closing on May 15th. That's a Sunday, May 15th. And so you have time. You have time. Register today. Also, follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. Search airing the Addison's and you can watch the broadcast live. And make sure you visit our by design Facebook page. And also the webpage at afa.net slash by design. So there's a a lot that's going on. A lot that's happening in our our country, a lot that's happening in the lives of, uh, of, of the believer, you know. And man, we have to be aware of where we are in Christ, right? So we should always take inventory on ourselves. Uh, the Bible talks about just taking that, that self-examination to make sure that you're in, you're still in the faith, that you're walking, you know, upright before the Lord. Very, very, very important that we don't just uh, get on cruise control. We're thinking that we're all right. You know, before we know it, we have drifted far, far away. And that that was a program where I talked about. I asked the question um, is America a godless nation? Is America a godless nation? And, you know, this discussion uh, in the past, it would have been like, of course, America is a Christian godly nation. But I think as we look at things and what's happening within, you know, our, our country, and and we, if, even if you take the the temperature and see what's going on within the church and within the the believers lives, you know, what's happening with us. Man, you, I don't think we can say that this nation in itself is, is godly. Now I will say that this nation was built upon godly, biblical principles. I believe that 100%. But that's one thing to be built that way and continue on that way. And I think when you look at things and how we've been continuing on, man, we're drifted so far from where we uh, once were. But I did ask that question. I said, what makes a nation a godless nation? Uh, How does a nation go from godly to godless? Like what happens that there's some events that take place that will cause a nation to uh, become a godless nation. And I ask, uh, does America qualify as being a god- godless nation? And the last question I asked was, how does recognizing the country we live in help us in evangelism? Psalm chapter 33, verse 8, starting at verse 8, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever in the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men and from his dwelling place. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army, and a warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from the from debt and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in you. So the nation whose God is the Lord is blessed. And we have it, you know, we have our models, we have our, you know, in God we trust. Or, you know, God bless America. Amen. I say amen to all of that. But man, I think God is more concerned about how true it is. Are we trusting in God? And this is part of an evaluation. Are we trusting in God? And I think we have to ask ourselves those questions from time to time. You know, the nation of Israel, like God, um, he instructed them in the ways that they should go. He gave them commandments. And he said, if you follow these commandments, if you live by this, if you walk in the ways that I have said to walk, then these things will happen to you, these blessings, right? But if you turn away, it won't be good for you. And I think in the same way with America being uh, uh, founded on biblical principles, that same type of agreement is towards America and, and its people. That, man, if you continue in my way, I will continue with you. But if you walk away from me, it won't be good for you. Deuteronomy chapter eight. It says all the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do. So that you may live and increase and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I don't want anybody to get it twisted that America is Israel and that we are like the same. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there are some comparisons in how this nation of of America was birthed. Not that it was perfect, but it was birthed under some principles that were godly principles. And so we can take a look at Israel and see how God dealt with his people there. And there are some things that we can say, man, when Israel was faithful, they did well. When they turned their back, man, God punished them so that they will repent. In the same way he deals with other nations. If we are faithful in America, man, we would do well. God would be pleased. If not, that's punishment to come. So I'll continue to read. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years in order to humble you putting you to the test to know what was in your heart. Wow. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you go hungry and fed you with a manner which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know in order to make you understand that man shall not live on bread alone, but man shall live on everything that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. So God brought his people, Israel, through some hardships to test them, to see where their loyalties lie. Not only did he allow them to to go hungry for, for a moment, he allowed them to feel that. He said to humble them so that they would know who is their provider. So he brought them through this stuff. But then on the other side of that, he fed them from manna from heaven. So he allowed them to go through this hard time. He allowed them to feel the the pain of being hungry, but then he turned around and fed them just to show them that it was was him. He is the one that provides for them. This was supposed to be something that would be uh, engraved upon their hearts, that man, when we were in the wilderness and we were hungry, God fed us. (laughs) We didn't do it ourselves. God fed us. He said, and he humbled you and let you go hungry. He allowed this to happen. His people. But then he said, and fed you with manner which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. So this was a, a miracle. This was something that was unknown before that God did for his people. And he said, in order to make you understand that man should not live on bread alone, but man shall live on everything that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Then he said this. Your clothing did not wear out on you. Wow. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. 40 years and their clothes did not wear out. And they were traveling and moving. This was a miracle. God was providing for his people. I would say the same way in America. There have been lean years. There has been things that has happened. But God has provided The church within America has held things down, has prayed, has come through. For his people, God did this. Then he says, your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of streams of water, right? Of fountains and springs flowing out in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without shortage, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord, your God, for the good land which he has given you. Now I want to stop again. My disclaimer, I'm not saying that America is Israel and all this stuff. I know there's some people who try to conflate things. I'm not. But you cannot ignore the fact that America has been blessed. Why has it been blessed? Because God has blessed it. Right. Because This nation was built upon principles that are godly principles. And so when I I read this and I look at what Israel had and what God was providing for his people, and I look at, man, where I live and what God has provided even for this land, I'm like, man, how far have we strayed from loving and depending and relying upon God? Have we forgotten about his blessing? about the things that he's provided, about how he, with a mighty hand, brought this nation about. Because really, it shouldn't have been created. There were so many things that came against America being started and founded. So many ways that it could not have even existed, but God allowed it to exist for his purpose and his glory. But it's it's evaluation time now. When I come back, I'm going to read the rest of this chapter, and we're going to talk more about it. Evaluation time. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'll be back right after this. open i can't get caught in these little traps and i don't need to burn sage because that's witchcraft we need to stop being mad at the person it's not the flesh it's the spirit we need discernment it's scary to have it all figured out and you still don't know what's coming if i say jesus is coming then people think it's funny Kids believe in tooth fairies and mummies. I thought Easter was about Jesus. They replaced him with a bunny. Distractions give us more faith than Santa Claus than our savior. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesday is with Will. And today we're taking an evaluation. A bit of a evaluation and thinking about uh, where we are in this country. Things a lot of things are happening. Seem like on a day-to-day basis we're confronted with uh, things that are, that are going on and how should we as Christians uh, respond to what's going on today well we need to respond with prayer there needs to be a time of even fasting and and uh, just crying out to God also we need to man take an evaluation a self-inventory on our, on ourselves an inventory on ourselves and see where we personally are uh, with the Lord but I was reading in uh, De- Deuteronomy chapter 8 I'm going to pick up with verse 11 so in the beginning Uh, And and one through 10. God told him, hey, you keep my commandments. It's going to go well with you. I led you through all these hardships and trials to test you so that and then I turned around and provided for you that you would know that it's me who has given you these things. But it goes on. And this is the, the, the warning that he had that he gave to his people. He said, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments. His ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and you build uh, good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks and your flocks increase and your silver and gold increase and everything that you have increases, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with his fiery serpents and scorpions and his thirsty ground where there was no water. He who brought water for you out of the rock of Flint in the wilderness. It was he who fed you manna, which your fathers did not know in order to humble you and in order to put you to the test to do good for you in the end otherwise you may say in your heart my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth Mm. (laughs) but you are to remember the Lord your God for it is he who is giving you the power to make wealth in order to confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day, and it shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve and worship them, I testify against you today that you will certainly perish. Like the nations that the Lord eliminates from you, you shall perish because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Man, could this be some of the, the state that we're in here in America? That, you know, we've got to a point of, of much prosperity. You know, this country has led the way for a long time, for, for a good number of years. And as far as prosperity and the way that we live, man, it's amazing as compared to other places uh, in this world, Right. It's amazing what we have and how God has blessed. And I believe uh, with all of my heart that the blessings came because America was a hub for the gospel and would go to other countries and proclaim the good news, send out missionaries, you know, do do good across the world for the sake of Christ. And I think America was blessed because of that. But in this admonition, as uh, they're being told, it's saying, He said, be careful that you don't forget God. The things that we have going on here today, the things when we look upon, you know, the the news headlines and see what's going on and read the stories, could it be because we have a nation that has forgotten about God? God took them through slavery, the wilderness that had serpents and scorpions, a thirsty ground where no water would come and gave them water out of a rock. (laughs) He took them through all of that. And if you read some of the accounts of the building of this nation, you see that there was a lot that happened. Man, history is so full of the burdens that people had to bear, the things that went on in this country. I'm speaking about America. But we got to a point, man, where it was prosperous. Are we like those who would say, My power and the strength of my hand has has given me this wealth? Is that us? Well, the, the, the warning is, but you ought to remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is who is giving you the power to make wealth. See, when, when we forget that and we 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 start to think like, oh, it's me. I'm feeling myself, it's me, I did this. That's when everything goes goes bad. Have we done that in this country? And because of that, does America qualify as a godless nation? Have we turned away from God? Are the things that we're seeing a result of us turning away from God? And I mean, especially the church, especially the church within this land, the people who are supposed to be, uh, the call of God, have we turned away? Are our affections more towards the things that are of this world? Evaluation, evaluation time. So, we talked before about how uh, the founding of this nation, the leaders uh, stated many times, many times, I've read it on, on, on this show about the importance of God, morals, integrity, uh, Christianity, the Bible was the success and the survival of this nation. They wrote about it, that this nation exists because of God. But we have to ask ourselves, is this the same sentiment of today? You know, just look at what's going on now, just abortion, that topic, and and how the reaction has been from those who want to keep killing babies. And when you have, and we talked about this on the show the other day, we have whole denominations. You have Christians who will be on the side of desiring to keep abortion around. Man, I have to look at that and say, man, we we have drifted away. The sexual deviancy, we talk about that on the show a lot. Again, when you have certain sects of the body of Christ saying, You know, you can have gay Christianity and, you know, we need to have pronoun hospitality and and all this stuff. We have drifted away. In the church. Marriage and family is something we talk about a lot on this show. But when we've given into the culture around us and that idea of what marriage and family is about so much so that our marriages and our families don't really mean anything that we can, you know, divorce like that. And we can, you know, step out on our spouse like, like it ain't nothing. We have drifted away within the church. And then in our land, we cannot get away from the corruption and the violence that's on display all around us. All around us. The corruption in the cities, in the school boards, in, man, it's everywhere. The violence is ramping up even more. See, the default of man is always to cater to what we want. It's always, it's, it's what I want. It's to cater to our bent towards sin. You know, we in our personal dealings are prone to live out Judges chapter 21, verse 25. What does that say? Say in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. When I look at look out at what is happening in our country today, that's what I see. I see men and women desiring to do what is right in their own eyes. I feel like this. Basically, What is being said is, I am God. I call the shots. So if I say that I'm a woman, even though I'm a man, I call the shots. I'm doing what's right in my own eyes. That's prevalent within our culture, that's prevalent within this country. When Christ is not king in our lives, we as individuals are set towards doing what is right. In our own eyes, you see, the Bible talks about there was no king in Israel, and it seems like that that was a reason why everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. But we, when we today don't have Christ as our king, when Christ is not our king, we do the same thing. Whatever is good in our own eyes, that's what we do. When there is not a robust passing down of the gospel. When we have not passed down to our children and our children's children, the gospel. I'm not talking about an inheritance of money. That's good. I'm not talking about fame and prestige or our name is associated with this. I'm talking about the purity of the gospel being lived out and taught to our children. When we don't do that, we embody Judges chapter 2, verse 10. What does that say? It says all that generation also were gathered to their fathers and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. That's what's happening. When you look upon like, you know, the, the children today, a lot of them are not being raised in the church. Like we've moved away from that. Everybody's doing what's right in his own eyes. And we have a generation. We have generations that are rising up that don't know the Lord. They don't even understand about the history of this country. And the history that they're they're getting is skewed. You know, it's under the banner of wokeness. So they're coming up and they're thinking a whole totally different way from how we thought or our parents thought. But it's our fault. Because it's not supposed to be left to the schools to give to our children what they need to understand about, you know, living in this life and and about God and about this country. That stuff is supposed to be done in, in our in our homes. We've given it over. So as a result, we have a generation. Who's coming up. They don't fear the Lord. They don't know the Lord. They don't know the work that God has done within this country to make it what it is. They don't understand all of that. They've been handed down and given something that is far from the heritage that we have supposed we were supposed to give them. We, we've allowed others to give them what they wanted to give them, not what we should have been giving our children. So we as Christians in America have to be warned and encouraged to turn our focuses back to our homes and back to the gospel being of first importance. We can't be lazy. In every generation, in every generation the attack of the evil one is increasing as time goes on. When I was a child, the things that were an attack for for my childhood, man, now they they have increased for my children. Like it's way worse. So what was good for you and, you know, maybe your parents? is not the same for our children and grandchildren. It's not the same. There was a study done uh, in 2019, and it was some, some, some key findings about how children are led to Christ, basically, how they come to know Christ. The number one way in this study that, that that children found Jesus was through the parents. The parents have the most impact. Duh <laughs> that's how God has created it to be. So the age that children uh, historically have come come to come to the Lord, two thirds of, of Christians came to faith before the age of eighteen. Forty three percent came to Christ before the age of 12. But less than one fourth of current believers came to Christ after the age of 21. Hmm. So this tells me that the home life is important, not only for, you know, uh, social type things. And I'm talking about for the building of uh, of Christians within the home, the, the, the propagation of the gospel. Like, we, we, we do this in our homes. It's not something that's relegated to the church. When we go to church, we're going to hear the gospel. We're going to hear preaching. No, this is something that should be done in our homes because that age group is the time when children are being born again. They are listening to their parents. They're But if they've been tainted by the world, and then you're trying to, like, get them the gospel through youth group and stuff like that, man, you're not going to be effective. You're not going to be effective. Two-thirds of Christians came to faith before the age of 18. 43% came to Christ before the age of 12. Less than one-fourth of current believers came to Christ after the age of 21. So that means, that's telling me that I got to be about the work. As my children are growing older, I have a 15-year-old down to a 1-year-old. That means that this time is prime time. And if you're a parent, the same for you if you have children this age. Grandparents, same for you because we need all hands on deck. This is important. We have to be serious about this. This is American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and I'll be back right after this. As infinite imminent, yet he's intimate Ooh. he lets us into the center of his initiative with great position the prophets recorded visions and prophecies that was given the prophetess of was written to yeah. reveal the father's love for us what? how he comforts and later how he would come for us he sent the comforter because we needed his company currently he's committed to cover us like a comforter yeah. Yeah, teach us who Jesus is. The Spirit is preaching and teaching, preaching with Jesus did, How he was dead from an act of treason, the weasel dead, beaten, led up to Kokata, dying for me instead. Wow. To me, he did. did suffer, indeed, he did. It's did. nothing for me to give him, nothing but me instead. And the scriptures depict the picture to me that says, especially a special revelation that Jesus lived. Indeed, it is. This is Aaron yeah. Addison's here on American Stop Family Radio. It's Will Addison. This is Wednesdays with Will, and we've been. Talking about taking uh, an evaluation, just kind of looking at some things uh, pertaining to ourselves and and just our country that we we live in. And and we as the church, the body of Christ, you know, there's sometimes we got to just take a closer look and kind of check out where we are. But I was given some uh, stats uh, that were done in 2019 by Children's Ministry. uh, And so they specifically uh, reached out to Christian uh, families. Um, it it says here also that parents and family have the have the most impact. That parents were named by fifty percent of our readers as a help in their coming to Christ. Fifty percent. The half of children who come to Christ are led by their parents. Half of children who come to Christ are led by their parents. And twenty four percent of our readers listed other family members as factors. So the parents and other family members had a huge part to play in the children coming to know Christ. Man, what a joy to lead your own son, your own daughter to Christ, to have those conversations in your home where they start to ask you, you know, about, about this God that you serve and how does this work? And I want to be a Christian. What what does that mean? You know, you have an opportunity to do that. You know, it's not good enough for me to minister to the world and then within my home, you know, my children don't know the Lord. That's not going to cut it. That's not the way that it's supposed to be. But family has a huge impact on children coming to know the Lord. If we don't see the need to put in the work, We will continually lose our children. If we don't see the need to put in the work, we will continually lose our children. The culture around us is putting in the work specifically concerning our children. They are putting funding into the indoctrination of our children. They are logging hours and hours and strategizing on how to get a grip on our children. This is just the truth. You can see it. It's it's in plain sight. I believe our families are hubs or cells for revival in this country. I believe it can begin in the home. If we take our homes, Christians, and say, man, I'm going to focus in on this. I'm going to make sure I I teach my children, you know, the ways of the Lord, that we're going to pray together, that we're going to do these things. If we can focus in and say, man, our houses, you know, the Christian homes are going to truly be Christian homes. I believe that 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 would be the beginning of a revival within this country. If we could see the great asset that God has given us by way of our families, there would be a great change that we could bring upon the state of of our nation. I, I truly believe that. If we saw the benefit and the great asset that family is that man. I believe it would change this place for the better. It's something that I was thinking about. At some point, at some point, it has to dawn on us that there's a reason that the wicked in this culture are working so tirelessly to gain every point of access to our children. At some point, it some it has to click in our minds, like. Man, they're working hard to snatch our kids up. Man, they're doing that. They're putting big, big dollars and all kind of resources behind this. It has to dawn on us as Christians that, man, this is happening. We have to ask, why are they working so hard to indoctrinate? Why, why, Why are they doing that? Why are they starting their programs at such a young age? I mean, you're talking about three, four, five, even younger than that. They're trying to get them. They want to normalize certain things in their thinking at a young age. Why? Why are they working to remove the authority of the parents? Why? Why are they trying to teach things and slip things in without the parents even knowing about it? All this stuff is happening. This should be a signal to us that they are on to something. So on one side, you have this great push by the world to snatch up the children, to get their minds, to cause them to think a certain way from a young age. But then on the other side, you have, you know, us sometimes as Christians being really, really really, uh, relaxed, kind of laid back. Oh, it's going to be all right. I came through. I made it. You didn't make it without any bruises. You were scarred up too. (laughs) So what makes you think that with the increased attack upon our children that they're just going to make it through? They're going to be all right? Man, and this is not an alarm for fear. This is an alarm for action. The action being, man, we need to focus in on our homes and do those things that are necessary for of bringing and raising our children up in a way that they should, they should go. You know, Hitler said of his uh, Hitler Youth program, he said, these boys and girls enter our organizations at uh, 10 years of age and often, for the first time, get a little fresh air. After four years of the young folk, they go to the Hitler Youth, where we have them to, for another four years. And even if they are still not complete national socialists, they go to the labor service and are smoothed out there for another six or seven months. And whatever class consciousness or social status might still be left, the German armed forces will take care of that. <laughs> like this dude knew that it was important for him to have the minds of the children. He said he alone who owns the youth gains the future. Now, we know how wicked this man was, him and others. Why do they have such a focus on the children, but yet we in the church, man, they're like an impediment to our success. You know, we don't want to have too many because, man, we won't be able to do the things that we want to do. Oh, man, it's the church's job to to raise up my kids in godliness. That's some of the things that are thought. Hitler, he said... When an opponent declares, I will not come over to your side, I calmly say, your child belongs to us already. What are you? You will pass on. Your descendants, however, now stand in the new camp. In a short time, they will know nothing else but the new community. (laughs) I'm telling you, these people with these wicked minds, they understand something. You know, maybe by way of Satan, but they understand something that all Christians should understand, that it's important that from an early age, we train up our children in the ways of God. The parents of of, of Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Messiel, they understood this. That's why when they went to Babylon, they didn't fall back. They, They were not, they would not compromise. Their, pa- their parents understood something. They believed the God of their forefathers. It's amazing. We are in wicked times right now. We are in wicked times. And it, it's and people are getting bolder and bolder and bolder with the, with their message. There are things that are being said now that would have never been said before, never. Never. I'm reminded of this Michelle, uh, I think Michelle Williams, this speech. Uh, we played it a while back. I heard my brother Abraham play it recently. But, man, it's, these things were were not out front like this. But we're in a different place now. Listen to this.
1: I'm grateful for the acknowledgement of the choices I've made, and I'm also grateful to have lived at a moment in our society where choice exists because, as women and as girls, things can happen to our bodies that are not our choice. I've tried my very best to live a life of my own making, and not just a series of events that happened to me, but one that I had carved with my own hand. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without employing A woman's right to choose. To choose when to have my children and with whom when I felt supported and able to balance our lives knowing as all mothers know that the scales must and will tip towards our children. Now I know my choices might look different than yours but thank God or whomever you pray to that we live in a country founded on the principle that I am free to live by my faith, and you are free to live by yours. So, women, 18 to 118, when it is time to vote, please do so in your own self-interest. It's what men have been doing for years.
0: Now, remember what she said. She said... She, had, uh, she wanted a life of her own making. Made, that was built by her own hands. That sounds pretty familiar. Wanted to do what was right in their own eyes. <laughs> they wanted to do what's right, what, what they felt was right, what they wanted to do in their own eyes. It's amazing. That's the cry of this culture. It's like, man, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what, what I want to do. Even if it means killing a baby. But well, these people are bold. They are saying things now that would have never been said before. And it puts you on notice that of where we are. It puts you on notice of where we are. Listen to this.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the leaker. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person. Because that person is a <laughs> hero to me. Okay, and if the leaker, a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative if the leaker is a Republican. uh, And if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. (laughs) I don't know if that answered your question,
0: man. What? What? That's, That's now look, look. What I'm trying to say here is that people are getting bolder and bolder and bolder with wickedness. It's with a high hand that this stuff is being done. A high hand. There's no more behind the closet doors and, you know, in in the privacy areas. No, they are screaming and shouting these things right now. Saying stuff, man, that is just irreverent. Okay, the last one. Listen to this. y'all wickedness is on full blast again there's no more hiding there's no more hey we just trying to cover this stuff up they're saying these things out in the open and more that's just three clips look there's much more proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says where there is no vision the people are unrestrained but happy is the one who keeps keeps the law unrestrained people are what we're dealing with Romans chapter 1 verse 32 and although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death they not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them we are living at this time presently Well, there are a lot of homes and cities and states and this country with no vision And as a result, we have the outcomes that we see happening today. We have to be about the gospel, y'all. We are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the foot of people. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Believers, let's be lights in our homes and then abroad. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. But until then, God bless.